0: Hello, world. Hello, world. It's your boy Trey underscore GT back for another episode of The G Taylor Show. It's your local neighborhood clinical based social worker, Trey, back for another episode of The G Taylor Show. Hope that you've been having a great time, a great week. It's been a while since we've been talked with one another and seen one another. So, hope that everything's been going good this summer as well. You've been vacationing, taking time to yourself, and just, you know, living a dream. In the summertime, as best as we can possible, man um, Got a lot of updates on this episode I'm not trying to go too long Because I'm trying to get it in here Get it out, get it on, keep it moving. moving um, But yeah, man, just wanted to hop back on here I've been meaning to do an episode um, But haven't been setting out the time to do an episode um, Thinking about where do I want to go with the podcast And kind of how I want to do things and um, I still don't know I really still don't know what I do with the podcast, but I will keep it up as a resource because I feel like it is a resource. And so um, and also just to get to know the topics that I'm interested in and things that I'm passionate about. You can go there, you can go to the different interviews, different topics that I also talk about and learn more about certain topics as well. So I'll still keep up the podcast, still keep up the YouTube channel. Um, not sure if I'm gonna do any much much more than that. Do a podcast here and there, um, but I don't have a set schedule. Um, going back into school year now, you know, I'm teaching full time, and so I'm pretty sure there's not gonna be a lot of time for me to record um the way I want to. And so, um, I am open for other guest interviews if people want me to come on their podcast and talk definitely open for that but as far as where the g Teller show was going to go and me podcasting i could not tell you and i'm okay with that i'm not sure where i wanted to go um i've been podcasting for quite some time since 2017 2016 in different varieties of different type of shows so you know we'll see what happens but um i just wanted to let you guys know that you know don't expect content Uh, Back to back every two weeks or Every month like we used to um, And I'll leave those Things up there for resources So One of the so that's one thing The second thing is that um, I'm gonna be leaving private practice Right And um It's tough It sucks but it's necessary And we'll talk about that later in the episode About why I'm leaving private practice And uh, focusing on some other things Um so that's going to be part of the episode, mainly the main episode today. And then, um, you know, where do we see ourselves in the next, in the future, right, going forward with social work, um, providing and being in this space, in this field, I became a clinical supervisor, so we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so we're going to get into a bunch of different things um, to this episode, and hopefully I won't keep you too long, right? Um, I... You know, Real quickly also, too, we just finished up the, a training with uh, Rappanian Area Community Service Board, um, and which is our local community service board here in Fredericksburg, Stafford Community, Caroline Community, Spotsylvania, King George, and we did a barbershop training. So this is a follow-up barbershop training from last September where we talked with the barbers and members of the community about their mental health. Right. And a lot of times we're at barbershops. It's where a lot of guys go and they have conversations. And so we did a um did that last um, last September and we came back this year and we did another one, a training specific for barbers. And we had about a few barbers in there. My barber was in there. Shout out to BJ. I gotta go see him this week. My fact. <laughs> um. But um, – and shout-out to the CSB prevention team. We've got some more future things planned, actually, next month and um, September. But we did a training where we wanted to give them the tools to learn about how to support their clients who might be struggling with their mental health, right, in the chair, right? And as we know, barbers and, you know, hairstylers are already great listeners, in a sense, and they give a lot of feedback, but we just wanted to sharpen their tools – give them the extra resources that was necessary and needed um, while in the chair. And some did not know all the resources that was there. Um, Some was not aware of some of the active listening skills that we can, you know, I can teach them. Um, We could teach them from a social worker, from a therapist perspective. We could teach active listening skills. It's not just a a actual intervention that we use (laughs) for working with clients, but anybody can use it. It helps your communication skills. And, um, Talked that we talked about different resources talked about mental health mental illness difference between both of them difference between substance abuse disorder difference between you know psychosis crisis in the community substance abuse we did a lot of we put in a lot of information in two hours or two-hour training so it wasn't mental health first aid and mental first aid of course is like an eight-hour training so i didn't we didn't want to you know bog them down with that on their off day right barbers typically have mondays off and um we had a good turnout, man. We had some good people in the crowd, community members, um, and also three barbers and, and some of the barbers I knew and just, you know, had a conversation. And so what 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 was really inspiring to me is that there was opportunity where um, individuals in this, this training may have not had the opportunity to be in the same space of vicinity with those people such as prevention or the C S B who are leaders in their respective agencies who help, you know, curve policies, who help um, make things go in the community. And they were able to share their opinions. And they were also able to air their grievances, right? Like one of the one of the, the community members that represent a barbershop, she was just like, um, she just felt she she wanted more of the resources to be present in the community versus Having to send people out to those resources and I thought that was an amazing amazing point because a lot of times people don't know what's around them and so they have to go seek it out but realistically if you're a community-based agency you should be able you should be you should have a, a heavy presence right and it's something that I've said um, in general you know and trainings dei trainings and you know things like that so it was something that was reiterated um, and then also, you know, more of these style type trainings that are familiar, right? That look like us, that kind of feel like us um, having those type of conversations and trainings in the community as well. Um, so we had at a library, one of the downtown libraries in Fredericksburg, and, you know, one of the gripes, not gripes, but one of the things was like, you know, hey, we should did it in the barbershop, you know, which I understood, but, you know, we was trying to make it more a, a bigger space. So, you know, something like that, which just makes sense. Like, we did, it, we did it in a barbershop last year, right? But other things, like, you know, one of the things that was happening was just, like, conversations about what, you know, these mental health and things look like to me and how it and how it shows up in my life. But then also variations of mental health and what I'm dealing with in my household, what I may be dealing with with my child, and having that conversation with these people who are working prevention, Right. And our leaders in their agency and their, their department, but also they work with the state, they work with other agencies in the community. So when you start talking about prevention, when you start talking about suicide prevention, this is the ground level community based work that has, you know, the community, Aaron, uh, letting their needs be known. And the ones who make the laws, the policies, the programs that facilitate the programs can know what is out there. And I, I that was my biggest takeaway from the training. Um, and our biggest takeaway from training was like, what, where and when would these individuals be in the same room together, right? To share that information. And so, you know, it kind of it fills in the gap of who I am as a person, I feel like in the community as far as a resource center, but somebody that connects a connector, right? A connector of people, a connector of, um, agencies, um, and the connective of communities, right? Because we I, I don't think we would have that connection if that wasn't for my experience, my partnerships, and, um, you know, the people that I know. And I'm not bigging myself up. I'm just saying that, you know, using my skill set to help bridge the gap is something that's very important to me. And it's always been very important to me in everything that I've done in my, you know, field, in my career, community in my you know career so it just kind of it just it was very and um, I was very um, inspired by that I was um, humbled by that opportunity to be in that position to bridge the gap and and I'm going to continue to do that but I'm gonna do it in different ways because we have to do it in different ways in order to reach the masses and I'm also constantly thinking about other ways to do it as well that looks like you know that makes sense right and so, so I was very happy about that barbershop training. Hopefully we're going to continue to do that. But this next thing that's coming up in August or September is going to take the Goodfellas Project, which is one of my one of my babies that I've created that is um, a space for black men to heal. We're going to take that and kind of modify that take that to one of the school systems up in Fredericksburg. So be on the lookout for that. Don't want a lot of media coverage on that, but that's something that we're looking to do um, going forward. Um, and so... Yeah, man. So I, I always love the opportunities to be the connector and bridge the gap. It's one of the roles that we do as social workers. Right. You know, we're brokers of services and, you know, so facilitators with things like that. So all the different roles that we have as social workers, this is what you can do and offer. And I also realized, too, that I am a big person of prevention. I always have been. I think even when I was doing my internships um, and, and and they were more prevention based. I enjoyed that work, and I, you know, as I sat with myself and reflected on some things, because sometimes in your career you do have to sit and reflect, right? Where you are, where you want to go, where you want to be. I really realized how, you know, how much passion I do have for prevention work, and just also finding ways to do preventive work. And um, you know, I, I don't, I haven't shied away from the, you know, crisis intervention or you know things like that, but I don't think that's my cup of tea. So, so, so be it if I wanted to say it's one of my alternatives, right? It's like, you go to, you know, your favorite restaurant or your favorite place. They don't have your favorite go-to meal, but you got a couple alternatives, right? So, you know, deals are, that's kind of where, you know, I can do it. Something I do enjoy. I get fulfillment from it, but I really love the opportunity to do preventive work, which leads me into my next, next segment, um, about, what I'm doing with my private practice, right? So I've been in private practice since December of 2020. And I started my private practice. um, And if you, all the episodes are there, you can kind of go through my journey and hear about, you know, my startup, things I struggled with, challenges, things I loved about it, things I didn't love about it, you know, all that, right? Um, Go back to the old podcast episodes and, you know, listen to it. So I started in December of 2020 with with the thought that I am going to solve a problem, which is we don't have a lot of black male therapists. Black men need therapy and which spawned on my Goodfellas project. And I'm going to fulfill that void. Now, when I did that, right, it was in the height of the pandemic. The pandemic had just happened. We was going through it. Um, I had just closed on my house a couple months ago. Um, just was like one year in a new job, you know, from my old job. And um I was trying to pass this exam, and I passed it, and I was getting the private practice and um, I did it and done it. I did it in a couple of different ways, <laughs> you know what I'm saying I had an office space as well, you know, I let that go because um, it cost me too much. I had too much space, I think, but I thought that you know with the pandemic easing up, I could be able to get some people in there. It didn't happen that way, and just had to end up letting it go it just was too much money um you know, I haven't. I, I've seen upward of my caseload, about 31 clients um, at a time. Um, and, and that was a nice steady – that was a nice nice little uh, steady caseload and kept me busy throughout the week. I had my ups and downs um, with it and challenges. And because, like I told oh, – I was telling somebody about this, man. You know, the thing about, uh, thing about owning your own private practice that we're not being taught in school – is that you have to constantly fight between the business owner and the psychotherapist. And those two do not equally mix very well um, a lot of the times. And so I always ask new students, I talk to students or I talk to new social workers about or therapists like, you know, what's your number, right, and then knowing your number and probably doubling that a little bit because of the taxes, the overhead, you know, things like that, especially if you're supporting your own household, you know, what does that look like? And um, it's one of the things that I would like to get into more, which is helping, you know, new private practice owners or new therapists get get situated into private practice and get them squared away. I really think that I did private practice for a reason, which was to get away from the nine to five and the, the bureaucracy that is around every every job. Now, I know I accepted a full time job again, <laughs> you know, at a state level teaching. But um I also know that I have the know-how and strength to say if somebody messes up or if I don't I get uncomfortable, I have no problem going back to to private practice on my own business. And and that depends on where it's at at that point in time. So being at that said, I set out to solve a problem in a pandemic with a population that is typically does not go to therapy. I'm here to say that I don't want to hear that narrative anymore because I've had black men um, – Come to therapy, stay in therapy for upward of two or three years, you know. And they do the go to therapy. We do. We do go to therapy. I went to therapy for three, four years, you know what I'm saying? Finally paused out of it. So the thing about it is that you have to have the space and you provide the space for that those black men to go to therapy and get through therapy and you have to stick with it through them. Like you have to stick you have to give them the ability to stick stick to it to go through the layers and layers of stuff that has never been tapped into or addressed. Right. And that could take years. It really can. Um, I don't care how great of a therapist you are. It can take years. And so, um, I will be, and so that's what I did. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about where I want to go in this career. Uh, some things were reinforced, some things, you know, were, were brought new, like teaching and um and things like that. But I've decided to phase out my private practice. And I think it's time um I think it's in a season or a place where I am becoming uh very busy. Um and as much as I even when I did my private practice how I wanted to make it three prong where it was speaking, consulting and private practice, it's just that but when you throw in teaching into the mix which I do enjoy doing, teaching the new social work students, getting them to come into the program, helping them along the way. um, It takes up a lot of time. And I did that from January through May. Um, I did, you know, I taught two classes and I also um, did my private practice and I did speaking, you know, and it was tough. It was rough. But as I look going forward, there's there's just not enough time. Also, you know, when I, you know, as you guys know, I jumped out here i jumped out of jumped into private practice after my nine to five right um just went at it full time and just built it in the air as we went up um got it to a good place still kind of you know balancing back and forth but then i had my son and um my son had put a very big pause on what i was doing in my private practice um as we go forward you got a newborn in the house he just turned one last may this past may but got a newborn in the house you got a five-year-old six-year-old in the house you know what i'm saying the house gets condensed now um i'm doing my sessions in the evenings but we know we got to build around the newborn and so that was that was different man that's new navigating being a parent again um, navigating two children and business and everything else and for me family's always going to come first and so um having the opportunity and the time to step away from business again To focus more on my personal stuff But also my family is very important to me Because of the stuff that I do And the way that people depend on me You know um, And So my children depend on me My family, my wife depend on me Right, but if I'm not in a good headspace If I'm exhausted If I'm just constantly working 24-7 I, I'm not available as much as I should be Right And so I had to make a decision And I... I never really sat out. I, I I knew where my private practice was going to go, but I never really knew how far I was going to take it. I had thoughts of expanding it. I had thoughts of being in the CEO role, um, and bringing on more therapists, and and building out a practice that looks like a a black mental health agency, um, hub. And I have those schematics, and that might still be a thing, but right now it's just too. I can't really you know. Uh, commit to it but that was a thought and that was a thought that I played with multiple times in the last year like okay Trey well we can just move yourself from therapist and owner business owner to just business owner and managing you know therapists I built the whole thing out I said how many people I was gonna bring on I'm gonna bring on two therapists here two therapists there two therapists there I wrote out a job description. I had my I had my whole system set up. I had a biller set up. I had a, a um, payroll set up. Um I had everything set up I needed. I was even talking to other therapists out in the in the community. I would have got got, got my um supervisor, became a clinical supervisor. I had everything set up last year. And um I just couldn't fully commit to it. And um it was really like I energy time right still newborn he's like four six months old like at this point so i'm still dealing with that um and then family personal time like you know what i'm saying one of the things that really got to me um finances is finances guys like that's always gonna be the only the biggest thing so like how much money are you making versus you know is it sustainable enough right and i got into some debt with my business right you know what i'm saying and i'll be true for about that got into some debt but and that might be that is one of the reasons why I've looked into moving out of private practice is to I need to I need to shore up the income again. Right. I need to uh, solidify the income again because I have a family of four now. Right. But one of the things that really got me this past year was because I've been thinking about this since January. Right. It's since last year, maybe. And I said, you know what? I got sick like twice in a three to four month span. And I knew that was not something that was normal for me, right? I rarely get sick like that. Allergies, sinuses, all the time. But coming down with a cold or getting sick with certain illnesses is not my thing. I finally caught caught COVID for the first time when I first started teaching in January. But then I turned around and caught strep throat. In like April, which is crazy to me. And I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't even, I don't wear strep throat on anybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that put me under for a week. COVID put me under for like a week. You know, and I was like, man, I got sick twice. And I was like, this is something that's not, you know, considering for me. You know, something that I typically get sick that much, right? And um, I said, man, we gonna have to make a decision. And it wasn't around that point where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have to make a decision because. You know, how am I going to be fully present in all of these places or roles that I, you know, occupy and not burn myself out? Right. And I have to the heavy lifting that comes with, you know, these things running a business, doing therapy, being present for your clients, running a class, you know, managing students. Right. You know, what I'm saying grading papers, being present for different things that's in the department Um Doing speaking engagements, doing consulting, doing facilitation work, you know what I'm saying? Not to mention family stuff, being a father, being a husband, Um, working with – then also I'm a leader in my church as well. So managing those things. Something has to give because you're not going to be able to give everywhere. And this is something that I've dealt with for most of my life is trying to figure out how to not work so much and then understand and really put into perspective – why am I working so much and what am I trying to prove and who am I trying to prove it to? Right. Or what am I trying to achieve or where am I trying to go? Right. And I had to keep like for, for a good period. And I'm so thankful that, you know, I had the opportunity for this summer to relax and this is probably the first summer in probably since undergraduate where I felt like I had the, the time and opportunity to relax and think and and, and really, re, you know, rejuvenate myself. Um, and I'm thankful for that because that gave me an opportunity to really sit with myself and ask myself, where am I going? What am I trying to achieve? And what am I trying to do? And really be intentional about that. And, and that is where I started to devise my plan on phasing out my private practice and coming up with the agreement that hey, you know what that probably is the best option at this point, right mm-hmm. and so I say all that to say it sucks because i'm I'm losing losing my clients and' I'm, I'm that bond that we created and the whole thing I like can't keep a can't find a good therapist, can't find a good black male therapist you know my my at least for my clients most i I think I think they're in a good space, right. Um, they might say something different, but I think they're in a good space, and I'll just leave it at that. But it sucks because you building that, you're tearing down that bond. But they understood so far. The conversations that I have with most of my clients, and I had got down to about 15, 16, 17 clients um, post my son being born because I wasn't accepting. I couldn't really accept. My, my, my capacity was at the highest level. I couldn't really accept any new clients. And... um, yeah, and so they so 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 far everybody's been understand you know understandable, and they 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 know where this this train is going, and so we're phasing out at the end of September, right? That's when my time because I know October is going to be crazy, so much so that I do not even think I would have been able to even provide therapy in October in the month of October. That's how busy I feel like I anticipate October to be. Um, and I was like, and that's going to continue to happen as I get more entrenched into teaching and what's happening. And so, you know, it sucks, but at the same time, like I said, I think, I feel like my clients are in a good space to transition. Um, I don't have a lot of weekly clients anymore. Um, I don't have a lot of bi-weekly clients anymore at this point. A lot of my guys are in maintenance, but they enjoy the ability to meet monthly or every three weeks to just get off what they need to get off. You know what I'm saying? Have that time and opportunity and space. I think that's so important for black men to have the space and opportunity to get off what they need to get off. You know what I'm saying? Have a safe place to vent and heal. It's been my motto for years. And it's something that I'm not going to not continue to do and provide, but in different atmospheres, because I really think, you know, as black men, we don't, have places to really safe spaces like safe spaces to really express ourselves whether that's work school at you know at home sometimes you know job whatever we don't have those places and so I think that can be expanded upon to help the well-being of more black men right and even to my black women right like most of my black women that I've had on my case that either graduated from therapy or they've been a place where They don't need it as much no more. Right. We've done the work and and they've done the work and they have went on. So just the same thing. Black women need space to, you know, vent, heal, express themselves because they are always on. Right. They are always on 24 seven, every place that they are at. And they are expected to do so much more than what sometimes that their titles would even say. Right, And they hold a lot of space for everybody, so they definitely need those times and opportunities in, in in sessions or you know safe space to do that, right? So yeah, that's what I'm doing, right and i i I think i've I've done my job in being a therapist, a therapist at this point. Now it's time to transition, right? So my goal now is transitioning and entrenching myself fully into teaching. Right. I felt like I was halfway in, halfway out for the last the first semester I started. And that's just rightfully so. But I want to fully immerse myself into the space of being a professor. I don't do well not fully immerse myself into certain certain things um, because I always feel like I'm not settled. Right. And so I said, well, if I want to be successful at being a teacher, because I do love teaching, I need to fully immerse myself in this. Now, that doesn't mean that I won't still be doing public speaking, doing facilitating or consulting um, or clinical supervision. That's something that I've I added onto my plate to kind of buffer the practice um, transitioning out. Um, and so I will be teaching full time at Virginia State um, throughout this year, this semester, fall semester and spring semester. Um, and then I will also be providing clinical supervision for um black or people of color uh social workers supervisees that are looking to become clinical social workers and therapists and then i also will be doing continuing to provide public speaking services um keynotes um facilitation ever, efforts around tough topics such as mental wellness and mental well-being social justice or racial justice those things will continue on and they will also be ramped up as you'll see as well going forward um I w- I would like to say this was part of the goal going forward, but a part of the overall plan that I saw myself was, was continuing to have the private practice, but in a smaller caseload, maybe like five to 10. Teaching came about, some other things came about that didn't, was not on my radar at first and has taken up a lot more of that time than what it needs to be. And so for order me to be present enough for these other roles, but in order for me to be present personally for my Personally for myself Personally for my career But also personally for my family Something has to go Something has to go And so I'll be walking away from private practice Will I come back to private practice And, and doing therapy I don't know I don't know I, You guys gotta also understand There's one thing I, t- I told my my, um, my therapist one time before That I feel As though I got into private practice Or outpatient therapy too late Because So much was happening in my life personally, and I had already done 8 to 10 years of clinical-based work. And so in that time frame, I feel like, you know, you should be transitioning to managing roles, supervisor roles, or getting to that policy side. And that's still my goal. I want to get to the policy side and um, get to that macro social work side. But I am enjoying and loving which i'm actually dabbling in here and there with certain things but that's my road and um i can honestly say that i've tried these different avenues and i also don't have no problems going back to private practice doing therapy um or you know whatever it might be clinical based i can do it and so um but yeah three years in um that's typically my, 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 my longevity in certain spaces, um, but it was necessary. It was needed. I, so at this point in time, as we listen to this podcast, I have been doing something clinically based or mental health based since 2011. It is 2023 at this point. So we're talking about almost 12 years of some form of clinical based interventions that I've been dabbling in from mental health to substance abuse to community based work. And so I I think the last point of this is also I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. Um, I am also, you know, some might say compassion fatigue or something a little bit, but I'm not too sold on that because when I get my rest, I'm good. But I just, it's it's hard to continue to pour out, right, and recuperate. That's the one thing I had the challenge that I really had with private practice, because, again, you ran those hat between the business owner and the psychotherapist. And then you still got your personal self and then your home life, things like that. I found it really, really hard to recuperate. So when I pour out, it wasn't enough to recuperate within the next couple of hours or the next day or two. And, again, you got to throw in the baby and, you know what I'm saying, things like that. And family changes. And so, you know, navigating entrepreneurship, business owner, psychotherapist, and everything else that comes with being myself, um, it gets tough. It gets hard to recuperate and restore myself. I also found out in this, this last couple of summer, in this summer, that... Um, what I thought, the time that I thought would take to recuperate or rejuvenate myself, right, was, was, was false, right? I needed a lot more time to recuperate and rejuvenate myself, um, as I gotten older or even just probably what I was lying to myself when I was, you know, a couple years younger, like, you know, oh, yeah, well, I just need a day off and that would take care of this three to four months of hard work. no. Hard that rest that recuperation, that needs to be built in, each and every day, each and every week, and not just a two-week vacation throughout the year. And so I really noticed that by myself, and kind of let like as my listening to my body, and my body was just talking to me, just letting me know like, no, this is how much time we really need to recuperate and restore yourself from this work, right? And I was like, yo, wow, like. And I look back, you know, in my 20s and my 30s and my early 30s, and I'm like, yo, did I? I know I was overexerting, but I didn't know. And I knew I was operating and working off of zero and under E, I would say. But I didn't know how much time I needed to get myself together, to, re- to restore myself, to re- recuperate, to recover. It's just like working out, right? You work out one day, you need that extra day to, you know, to, to recuperate, to let your body rest, to get itself back together. And um, but for me, it was like, no, you are taking one day or a week or a couple of days. That's not enough because you're also still in those times not doing what you need to do to rest and recover. And it's also not it's not working out the way you think. So it's affecting you. Right. And so I just thought thought back to all the things I was dealing with, whether it be headaches or depression or high blood pressure, all these different things that I was dealing with. I was like, yo, wow, like I never really took the time to think that deeply into it. So yeah. And so I say all that to say, you know, that is where I'm at today. And um the private practice world I think is amazing. It does come with a lot of liability. It does come with a lot of responsibility. I think that it can be done if done correctly. I still think I can do it if I wanted to, if I had more, if I was in a different place in my career. I personally think I should have just jumped out there in the first place (laughs) and started with outpatient therapy. I think if I did that, it would have changed my career trajectory a lot more. But I didn't, and that's cool because I think it still helped guiding my, you know, my, my time in any way. But I will say that I also want to be in a position to help, you know, social entrepreneurs, you know, put themselves in a position to build business models that, you know, includes helping people, whether that's private practice or whether that's coaching or whether that's community agency work, whatever. So if I can help those who want to get into this space to help build their private practice up to help, you know, tell them, like, you know, this is what you do here. This is what you do here. This is what you don't do here. This is how you market. I'm really big into the marketing piece. Um, we just did a training, me and Michael, full while the marketing guru about, you know, marketing for therapists, you know, because of therapy, we don't get taught these things. So I, I, I am here to help also from the social entrepreneurship space, help therapists, help mental professionals, help community-based workers to say, to show them, you can build a sustainable business model off of helping people. You feel what I'm saying? Because as where we're at right now and the times where we're at right now with the mental health business, you know, mental health, it's all the big businesses trying to, you know, take over. Tech is trying tech is trying to get in this space, but they're still having hiccups. Is because if you don't know, if you don't if you're not genuine about the work, you're not gonna succeed in this space. Um and it's gonna show. So and you it's a very hard it's a hard thing to to balance business owner and mental professional business owner and therapist. That's something that, you know, you just can't come off out of nowhere and just balance unless you put a team together that has business owner and therapist together that have to share the same value, same mission. So, yeah. So it, I, I enjoy it again. I have no problem going back, but at this current space in my life, space in my career, I'm focusing on teaching, um, Supervising, public speaking and um facilitation. That is my four things that I'm focusing on right now. Continue to focus on if you need somebody that for a public speaking, um, please let me know. If you need somebody facilitating um um topics, please reach out, let me know. But that's where I'll be headed at for the for foreseeable future. And um I'm at peace with it. I'm at peace with it. And, um, I'm working to put my clients through the same space as well. And, um, you know, luckily they have three months to process and I told them like, you know, if you want to cuss me out or whatever you need to do, you know, say we can do that as well. But, um, that's where I'm preparing them for. And I might feel different once I get close to the end of September. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and start this process now so people know, and, and that's where I'll be transitioning, man. So, um. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. Anything that I can help with, please reach out. Let me know um, for the podcast. Continue to like, share, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're still on all the digital streaming platforms: Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, YouTube, you name it. We're on that. And um, yeah, man, just transitioning from therapist to teacher. I was I was telling one of my my telling my intern that I'm embracing my OG status at this point, like <laughs> in the field. Um, Because of uh, the need and demand. And and, and again, I love teaching. I love facilitating, but I also love um, helping new social workers and therapists get acclimated to the field because I know that that's what helped me grow. And um, I know that I can only do but so much, you know, in my space and in my time so I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And in the words of the, the homie Kim Young, I'm going to make sure that I, I will be moving out of the way and passing the baton on to those who will, you know, build off of what we've built, but maybe do something different or take it and make it even better. And, and to me, that is one of the, the best things possible that I love seeing is that, Somebody um, getting the tools that they need to be supported, to be able to, to grow, but to grow into the, uh, the person that they want to become and make the change that they see foot, you know, out there and the impact that it will have. I understand my impact can only go but so far. That's cool. Right. But if I can empower somebody else, if I can support somebody else to make their impact greater, that's fine by me, too. Keep telling y'all, man. I, I, I sometimes this work can be so consuming that I don't want to have nothing to do with it at all, right? And so I'm saying, I've done enough. <laughs> I've done a lot. I'm willing and ready to pass the baton, and I'm willing and ready to support those new social workers, those new therapists, those new community change agents as much as possible, because that's what helps fulfill you know my my purpose and my journey. But also, it just help it just continues to go into the space of helping people get to where they wanna to get to, you know what I'm saying, and so, yeah, man, that's where I'm at. that's what's going on. that's where Uphold is going through. That's what me the therapist, the former therapist at this point after September is at. y'all have a great week, man. take care. make sure y'all uh, continue to stay safe out here. And hopefully enjoy the rest of your little little vacation that we do have <laughs> coming up for the next couple of months as most of us get back into the school swing of things or get back into work, whatever you want to do. But just make sure you're being intentional about your choices, man, regardless of whether it may be personal, career wise, um, social, you know, all of that. Be intentional about your choices. All right. Y'all take care. Bye.